Weekly Loss Podcast, episode number 243. Hey, cool, you fixed it. Don't expect anything. The chances of getting a signal are slim at best. Static's good, right? No. Reception is good. Wait, what's that? It's Russo's signal. Oh, crap. But this radio has a wider bandwidth. That's what you call a party in a podcast. Hold it! Stop! Do you hear that? Welcome to the weekly Lost Edition of the Generally Speaking Production Network. Now, here are your hosts, Stephanie and Cliff. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Party in a Podcast. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. I'm Stephanie Ravenscraft. Welcome, Stephanie. Hey. Uh, did you just walk in or something? No, I was trying to... It didn't work. I was trying to post the link to the notes in the chat room. Yeah, there are no notes. And there aren't. It's not going to work. We so, had um, we had network yeah. issues on Google's part, so okay. it's just not going to happen. Well, I tried for, for those who were asking. But and, that's okay, uh, because I want to tell you, um, there's one really extremely long email. Unfortunately, I haven't even pr- able, been able to preview yet, uh, but we have a that's ton. That's never good. I know, I know. <laughs> Uh, it, well, I know it's supposedly good, so we'll see. We'll see if we actually get supposedly. to it. Supposedly, we have a ton of audio feedback, though, and okay. of course, uh, you know, really, f- so far this season, uh, we had an amazing series. Pre- uh, I'm sorry, season six premiere, obviously, mm-hmm. and then we had a couple, not quite ho hum episodes, but certainly a lot of relationship, you know, rounding things out right. and all that other stuff. But I'll tell you what, uh, just as I had said before, I am into Lost and got into Lost because of the mystery, the island. Right. And my friends, it's been way too long since I've been able to play this audio clip, kind of queuing up what we're going to do on the weekend. We're lost on an island, running from boars and monsters, freaking polar bears. I've looked into the eye of this island, and what I saw was beautiful. Lost, exploring the mystery. Uh, did you hear that? Exploring the mystery. I know, you know what I love about Lost? Lost has given me a reason to say freaking polar bears in my everyday life. No doubt. <laughs> we all need the reason to be able to just occasionally just say freaking polar bears. Uh, I, th- that's what I do. Ah, anyway, I am so excited. We're going to start things off, of course, with uh, audio feedback from you. Well, actually, that's going to be a majority of this show. Uh, and so we're going to start things off with Bronson, who called in something about the beginning of uh, I'll actually saying what the uh, ab, ab uh, anyway. Yeah. What's the title of the, the episode? Title yeah. Ab uh, eternal or whatever. Ab- Abterno. Abterno. Right? Yes. Right. Yes. I can't speak. Anyway, here you go. Uh, You're in the Bron- wrong profession. I know. Bronson, <laughs> take it away, man. Hi, Cliff and Stephanie. This is Bronson calling from Lebanon, Indiana for the Lost Podcast. I uh, just wanted to call and make a comment about Ab Eterno. Wow, wow, wow. Uh, Cliff, I can't agree with you more. Had a lot of really interesting answers out of this show. Uh, translation, rough translation for Ab Eterno is from the beginning of time. Uh, that is a significant title. I think it meant an awful lot. Uh, I, I, I keep looking at this episode thinking to myself, uh, being reminded of Lot, uh, being tested, uh, the wager going on between God and Satan himself. Uh, and, and it keeps taking me back to that. So now, 
Uh, as I was listening to the podcast, I heard you say something that it'll be interesting to see uh, how many people post screenshots of scripture. And, and now I'm going to definitely go back and I'm going to try and get a screenshot of that scripture to see what it was. Um, and and, I, and I, love, I love the, uh, the um, reference that I think Murphy said from Louisiana said that, uh, you know, what, what if this is a picture of the beginning of religion? And, and, and again, I think it's like that title of the show, uh, Ab Eternal, from the beginning of time. So, wow, that's all I can say is, wow, I, I also love Speechless, and uh, I, I'm very, very excited to see what uh, Damon and Carlton have in store for us in the next seven weeks. Keep up the great work. Appreciate all you do. Have a great one. All right. Thank you very much, Bronson, for calling in. And, uh, you know, I, I, I agree. I, you know, the more I think about the fact, you know, that this episode was titled uh, Ab Eterno, I guess, or whatever. Anyway, the fact that it means from the beginning of time. You know, obviously, we know that, you know, I, they're saying that Richard goes way back. Um, right. But the Black so, Rock. Is it 1867? Something like that. Is that what it was? But the th- here's the deal, though. That was not the beginning of time. Right. So so does this ti- does this episode have... Time. What? It was the beginning of his time, so to speak. All right. So, yeah. His. But this is... It says here, the beginning of time. Right. No, I... I'm so I'm, I'm thinking that maybe the title of the episode says that this has been going on since the beginning of all time. And that the island is that starting place. And I really like, you know, Murphy, Murphy's theory there. What do you think about that? Um, I, I, I agree with you. I, I like Murphy's theory. Um, I, I have the hiccups and I'm trying to like oh, that's gonna be not fun. let them be obnoxious. Okay. So um, birth control is really difficult right now. Birth control? Breath control. Oh, oh my I'm, gosh. It's like, where do we go with that one? You can't speak or hear. What'd you say? Exactly. Anyway, Murphy, <laughs> I, I do like your theory. Um, again, there's still a lot um, from this episode that I'm trying to piece together. And I had hoped for a chance to watch it again, but I didn't get that chance um, before coming here tonight. And th- from the beginning of time, th- I mean, it means something. It means something. And I don't think it just has to do with Richard being old. No, no. You know, I, I think it, it needs to go. I, I think it means it goes back further. I'll tell you what. Let's move on to Ed. He has uh, some questions that something that confused him, and uh, also has another point to make. Hey, this is um, Ed from South Carolina, calling the Weekly Lost Podcast um, about the Avid Turno. Um, thought it was a great episode. Um, two main comments. Um, one is just an issue of maybe you can clarify. It looked like it might have been kind of a continuity error. Um, but maybe it was just daytime and nighttime. But on the season finale of season five, when they showed Jacob and the man in black on the on the beach, it was daytime, clear skies, and they were looking what I we assumed was the black rock coming in. Then, of course, on this week's show, it was nighttime, torrential downpour, crashing waves, um, and the black rock came in and hit the island. Maybe that's just time passing. I don't know. Just what's your thoughts on that? Um, and then the second comment is I definitely, like, like you, Cliff, I'm convinced now that the man in black represents evil and Jacob represents the good. But my question is how much of a, I guess, 
good nature is he that he's basically using people as pawns in his plan to just prove a point to the man in black. Um, he talks about that he's brought many people over here and they've all died. Um, and so, you know, I guess my question, and like probably a lot of people's question, maybe we won't find this out until the season finale, but, you know, why are... Or, or why is that? Why is human lives just that expendable for him to get the necessary candidate for the island? Um, I'll leave it at that, and uh, we'll be listening to you. And take care. Bye. All right, Steph. A couple things there. Are, um, let's see here: the daytime versus the nighttime. Uh, is this like another? Was it issue of? Remember Libby went away, went to go get some blankets and, and it never was came back. it was <laughs> right. it, it was what daytime or yeah and then yeah. Uh, then all of a sudden or she went to go get blankets it was daytime and then all of a sudden she came back I, I can't remember it was a long she time never ago came back yeah she came back Did, with the blankets sh- she got shot okay I guess do you, re- do you remember that there was a, that was a real I remember her getting shot I don't remember her going back with the blankets after. <laughs> Um, yeah, she, she had the blankets in her hand. Okay. She was coming back to the hatch with the blankets in hand. She was bringing them back. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. But there was, I remember there was a huge issue right there. And, and that was, uh, you know, I, it, it, but, but I don't think this one's okay. a, I, you know what? I'll tell you what we're going to, I'm gonna, I guess I don't remember it well enough. So, um, Wait, my it, question, my question when I was listening was were we certain in season five that it was the Black Rock? Like, yeah. did the ship say that? I mean, no, it did not say that's the Black Rock. They were looking at a ship. It was sunny as could be, right? And they had a conversation while looking at it. Okay, all right. The same conversation they they were talking about. This keeps happening over and over, and yeah, it always the ends one. the same. Yes, that's so. This, why that's do we convers- have to assume that it was the Black Rock? I I don't think we have to assume, but I believe it is. Okay. All right. Murphy's got some interesting feedback. Let me let me play so then his. Maybe Juliet affected more than just up to two thousand four. Oh. No. 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 This 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 is okay. back in the eighteen hundreds. I'm just saying. Well, here let, let's see let's see what um uh Murphy says about it because I think he's got a good idea here. Okay. Hello, Cliff. This is Murphy from Louisiana, and we just finished listening to your initial reaction for Lost. Um, Mary and I were just kind of discussing back in the season finale of season five, uh, we see Jacob sitting on the beach and he's looking at a ship and the man in black comes up for the first time and he says, uh, you're here to see the ship. And he said, and we see it's a beautiful sunshiny day. The ship's just a little ways off, off the, off the beach. So obviously we see it's not a, a crazy day that it's not a big storm coming or anything like that. So we all have assumed that that was the Black Rock, and they, I think they kind of simulated that was the Black Rock. So if that wasn't the Black Rock, what ship was that? Because obviously we know the Black Rock got there in a storm. So that's the only part about the show I kind of got confused about. The rest of it was awesome. Um, and, hey, keep up the good work. We can't wait to see you all on the, uh, for the uh, series finale party. So uh, we'll see you then. Bye. All right. So, so here's, here's the thing. Um, I believe for a couple reasons that Jacob and man in black sitting on the beach in season five 
we're definitely looking at the Black Rock. And the reason why I believe this is because, number one, they made a point to show that, you know, Richard came in on on the Black Rock. Um, and this was a Richard centric episode. And I think that I think that this was them, you know, having a conversation about bringing this ship to the island. And I believe that Jacob caused the ship to come, just like what Murphy's saying there. And that, you know, he produced the storm. That there was a perfectly sunny day. But if you have the powers that these guys have, is it too far out of the question to all of a sudden go from being that sunny scene to 15 minutes later, turning the island into what we saw when the Black Rock crashed? Okay. Right? Yeah. So, I don't know. Anyway, um, this is something that Daniel said. He just linked in the chat room. He says, remember the first time we saw Jacob and Esau, he puts in quotations, in the last episode of season five, the incident, they were talking on the beach about a ship in the ocean that Jacob had brought. For a long time, I thought it was the Black Rock. After all, the sails match, and it's a black ship. However, the weather is fully daylight with no storms, and the ship is visible from the shore. Do you think Jacob caused the storm to bring the ship to the island? Secondly, Ab Eterno Eterno, uh, finally answered what Esau meant by it all ends the same. They all come, they fight, they destroy, they corrupt. It's all, it always ends the same. Jacob, it only ends once. Uh, Or, and then Jacob says it only ends once. Anything up to that, let's see, anything that happens before that is just progress. So I, he says, I think that it, it really is the Black Rock just before the storm brought them. What do you think? And then Tess says, I also initially thought the ship was the Black Rock, but after the storm scene changed, uh, changed to think that they may have uh, been different ships. I don't suppose it matters too much. Jacob presumably brought many ships to the island. Okay. All right? Yeah. So... And perhaps... I don't think it has to be the Black Rock. It doesn't have to. I guess it doesn't have to be the Black Rock. Perhaps there were other Black Rock-like ships that they brought, but obviously, well, where are those at on the island? Well, they're not there because perhaps, you know, it all ends the same. They do the things. They destroy the island, the properties of the island or whatever. So maybe this whole going back and changing time and resetting things to the beginning you know, is an ongoing issue as well. And maybe this idea of it being all progress is that they get further along, they get further along, they get further along. So it hasn't ended yet. It's only going to end once and we're getting closer to that time. To that time, right, to that end. I don't know if any of that makes sense, but that's what's going on in my mind. Okay. And that's not always a fun place to be, so... Anyway, we'll move right on to Kimball, who called in and had some thoughts about the man in black's body. Hey, Cliff and Stephanie. It's Kimball from Arizona. Uh, great episode this week. Uh, here is something that I noticed in some of the dialogue. The uh, man in black talked about how uh, Jacob had taken his body. Now he's just this, you know, this smoke monster. And uh, I'm wondering if, uh, if his body is somewhere on the island and that no one can kill the smoke monster because we've seen Saeed try to kill him, um, but nothing can hurt this thing because that's not his body. It's just this, this smoke that's taking the form of the body. So maybe his body is somewhere on the island and that 
we're going to need to have the candidates find that body and then destroy the body, and that'll thereby um, kill the smoke monster once and for all. So just my thought. Let me know what you think. Thanks, guys. Bye. What do you think about that, Steph? Killing the smoke monster, and do you think that maybe somebody's going to have to kill the smoke monster and perhaps maybe well, it'll I'd, be through finding his body? I do think bobby, that somebody bobby. is going to have to going to have to kill him because Saeed was sent to try, right? Right. Um I I I like I like the theory. I'm sorry, I'm still trying to put them together. <laughs> um Yeah, I like that that Jacob would have his body, you know, especially with knowing that he's trapped there and Jacob's trapped him there or whatever he can't leave. Um the only thing that from the from the show that would make me question on whether they can kill him with or without a, his original body would be both of them had said, don't let him speak to you. So, and they've both said that about the other, Jacob and... Oh, Jacob said that about the man in black? Yes. Oh, it was I don't Didn't remember he? that. No, I think... No, it was the other way around. Or it wasn't Jacob. It was um. It was Flock. what's no. It was what's his it's name said to Saeed. Don't let him speak to you, or it will about be. flock. Yes, oh. and then and then the original oh. Esau that we saw said the same thing to Richard yes, about Jacob. Yes, you're right. You're right. I know I am. <laughs> ah, I know I am. Um. So that's the only I thing. I know that, I am. I love that. <laughs> that's the only thing that makes me think that maybe. They can be killed in these bodies. Hmm. Yeah. It's because they've each tried. Well, the thing is, yeah. I, 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 well, here's the deal. I, I think that the idea is that they can be killed. You don't need to have their other body, but you because have... Because Jacob has been killed. You, exactly. I, I don't think you need the other body, Kimball, but I think that they, they have to find a way of killing someone before you ever speak to them and they can be very convincing so you gotta have to watch out for that all right so uh let's see here I, oh yeah this is one of this is a little audio clip from the episode this is one of my favorite um this was a good one p- parts here this is the explanation of uh the island containing the evil uh and of course it being the island being the cork yes and it was dogan who said that to saeed yeah yes all right here we go what is inside? No one comes in unless I invite them in. Are you the devil? No. Who are you? My name is Jacob. I'm the one who brought your ship to this island. You brought it here? Why? Think of this wine as what you keep calling hell. There's many other names for it, too. Malevolence. Evil. Darkness. And here it is swirling around in the bottle, unable to get out, because if it did, it would spread. The cork is this island, and it's the only thing keeping the darkness where it belongs. That man who sent you to kill me believes that everyone is corruptible because it's in their very nature to sin. I bring people here to prove him wrong, and when they get here, their past doesn't matter. Before you built my ship, there were others? Yes, many. What happened to them? They're all dead. But if you brought them here, why didn't you help them? Because I wanted them to help themselves. 
to know the difference between right and wrong without me having to tell them. It's all meaningless if I have to force them to do anything. Why should I have to step in? If you don't, he will. Do you want a job? A job? Doing what? Well, if I don't want to step in, maybe you can do it for me. You can be my, my representative and intermediary between me and the people I bring to the island. What, what will I get in return? You tell me. I want my wife back. Can't do that. Can you absolve me of my sins so I don't go to hell? I can't do that either. And I never want to die. I, I want to live forever. That I can do. Hmm. Now Very, that I can do. Now that I can do. So, so there is, um, you know, I got this out of order here, but... I am trying to, let's see here, Doug. Let me find Doug because I want to put Doug next and uh, share some things here. But Doug called in and talked about the, you know, the religious implications of, of kind of the things that they're saying here. And after hearing Doug's voicemail, which I'll play for you in just a moment, a couple things out of that audio clip, you know, is is that a lot of people feel like God you know, he's kind of like hands off in the world, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, you know, he wants, and, and of course, the, you know, there's reference to, you know, the, in the book of Job, you know, Satan comes and, and says to God, Hey, I, you know, I bet you, you know, this guy, Job, or, you know, everybody's corruptible. They're all evil. They're all worthless. And God says, have you considered my servant Job? You know, it's like he's above reproach, blah, blah, blah. He's like, I bet you I could do it. And, and, you know, that whole man in black versus good versus evil there, that whole, you know, bet going on, if you will. And then, of course, when you think about the fact that God, you know, some people think that God is hands off saying, I want them to learn on their own, you know, and it's like and then all of a sudden then you have, you know, Jacob or not Jacob, but you have Richard who comes and is now being offered the position of being an intermediary to go and speak to them on behalf of mm-hmm. and to work with them and, and, and to possibly save them. And so with all of that, I think that that is very interesting stuff. And of course, here's what Doug had to say about it kind of inspired a lot of my thinking on this. Hi, this is Doug in Atlanta calling for the weekly lost podcast. Just loved the look. We finally got at Richard Alpert's backstory. In your initial reaction, you two talked about someone's thoughts regarding the religious aspects of the island story. I have a thought here that, having not yet read the forms, I hope hasn't already been covered. If Jacob is on the side of good and Locke on the side of evil, where does Richard fit into all this? Well, let's see. An emissary of the voice of good who can never die. Sounds to me like a Jesus figure. Now, one could make the case for a Muhammad figure, the prophet of the voice of good, since Richard is clearly not the son of Jacob. But with all the other Christian imagery so far, and the primary intended American audience, that's probably more artistic license than anything else. Indeed, Ricardo looked very Jesus-like on the beached black rock, all bearded and suffering and all. And consider this, when Jacob was talking to Alana and telling her what to do if she had any questions while she was doing her job, what did he suggest to her? Talk to Richard. So indeed, she should ask herself, what would Richard do? (laughs) Yes, well, if she starts wearing a WWRD bracelet, then they've gone a bit beyond artistic license. (laughs) Uh, To complete the allegory, 
or the illusion, or the image, or whatever you want to call it, Richard may have to die for the sake of the lives of the others on the island, and indeed for the world if Locke's escape were to indeed send us all to hell. There's an old hymn of the church titled Amazing Love, which has one verse that begins, "'Tis mystery all, the immortal dies," speaking of Jesus. But if Richard dies unlost, that would be a similar mystery, hmm? Okay, then, uh, time to hit the forum and see how many other people have already thought of this. Stay lost. All right. And Wolf Gold is in our chat room, says, I really don't think they're trying to do a whole Christian thing here. And I don't think so either. I, I think that they're bringing these elements in. I think that it, if nothing else, they know this is going to spark vigorous debate and conversations around what is going on in this show. And and so, yeah, I don't think that they're trying to put forth any kind of Christian message or anything like that, but I think that they certainly are b- borrowing so many things from these elements that do coincide with so right. much, not just of the Christian faith, but, you know, I, I, I'd, ha- I'd hate to say it, you know, if you, I mean, you can argue against me if you want, but they certainly do seem to have a lot of Christian and Judeo, um, you know, uh, viewpoints that right, are, are right. certainly tied to, and, and if nothing else, the Catholic faith being prominently shown in many different episodes, uh, as well as Egyptian and Muslim stuff as well. And, 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 stuff, and so. you know what? Here's the thing. We're going to get it all figured out soon enough. Yeah, we'll find <laughs> out in a couple of weeks, won't we? I mean, there's there's no use giving ourselves a migraine trying to figure out what they're trying to do, because if we just sit down and be patient, it's going to unfold before us. Yeah, yeah. But I agree. There are, I mean... A lot of similarities. A lot of similarities. It's just fun. I agree. The bracelet would be, you know, jumping the shark. <laughs> yes, yes. What would Richard do? I did like that. It was. I, I got a kick out of that, Doug, both times when I heard it. So it was good. WWRD. It was All good. right. So, Karen. Oh, by the way, I just want to say a couple things there. I played the audio clip and then I, you know, Doug mentioned, you know, Richard with his beard and stuff like that. I just want to say, I did not say this in the, uh, in the initial reaction. And I just got to say, um, what, what's his name? Uh, Nestor, the guy who plays Richard. I do not know his, I do name. know his name and I can't remember right now. I don't, but the chat room will tell you. Yeah. They'll tell me in <laughs> just one just second. A second. So anyway, he did, uh, Cabernelli, Nestor. That's it. Nestor Cabernelli. Uh, but anyway, he did an amazing job in this episode he and did. I want to, I'm going to confess something to you guys, but I questioned whether or not that was really Richard at the beginning of the episode for a good five minutes. Did you really? Well, yeah. I mean, it's like I knew that was Richard, but I mean, it, I mean, it was so radically different. He looked so different. He sounded so different. And, and in that audio clip, I mean, uh, that audio clip alone, you know, listen, listen to his voice. You can, it does not sound like Richard Alpert. Listen to this. Inside. No one comes in unless I invite them in. Are you the devil? No. Who are you? That, yeah, that but does those not, are the markings of a brilliant actor. I know, I that, know, I know. But he did an amazing job. He did. He did an amazing. He was a different. I mean, he. I think that was probably one of the single most believable. You know, travel back in time, seeing somebody, and finding out how on earth he could, he could, you know 
be this guy from the 1800s who never who he spoke very little English and stuff like that from a different country. And then all of a sudden to see the Richard who we know today, very well spoken, clean cut and and and, you know, just as modern as modern can be. Right. To see the the two. It's like, wow, this was awesome. It was it, it was it was amazing. And I just want to say that that Nestor did an amazing job. And I think that if anybody deserves a Grammy, Emmy. I think now or an Emmy, whatever those things are. I don't <laughs> Grammy watch. is music. OK, mm-hmm. well, maybe he sings, too. I don't know. But uh, so he needs an Emmy. I, I think okay. I think he and Michael both deserve an Emmy. Well, they Lost. both can't get one. Well, like, I, well even if they're both nominated, Michael's won one, right? one of them will have to but win. Michael's won one, right? Yeah. So I just I say he has. Yeah, he has. And yeah. so therefore, I would say now it, it's it's Nestor's turn. OK, uh, he, he did a fabulous job. It, it was incredible. It was. All right. So here's fortunately you don't hand out the awards. I don't. <laughs> Unfortunately. All right. So uh, here comes Karen and she's going to talk about the cork and bottle. Hey, this is Karen from Michigan. Sci fi fan 30 on the forums and just thinking about some stuff. Um for the most recent episode of Lost and the symbolism with the bottle and the island being the cork in the bottle. And it brought to mind after the episode, going back to earlier when um, they were summoning Smokey, when Ben was summoning Smokey, what did he do? He pulled a cork out of the ground and then Smokey came, which I thought was rather interesting. Um, and we think that cave that he went to to summon Smokey was like under the temple or something. Kind of real in the surround of my mind. Not sure if that all connects or if that has some, you know, meaning with all of this. But I thought that was rather interesting. But Smokey is out there on his own without that cork. Or he was before, so it's not like Ben just released him at that point. But it's rather interesting that that is, that is what uh, happened to let him out at that particular point, too. So maybe there's two types of containment. And uh, I guess that's the only thing I was thinking of right now. So love the podcast. And I'll talk to you later. Bye. That's interesting. I don't remember a cork when Ben went to go release Smokey, but what do I, I know? know? Anyway, interesting stuff. But yeah, that that was fun. Um, move, let's move on to another audio clip here. And this is where Jacob and our good friend, the man in black, have a conversation. Good morning. Morning. I see you got my present. Don't gloat, Jacob. Doesn't become you. So you tried to kill me. You expect an apology? No. I guess I'm just wondering why you did it. Because I want to leave. Just let me leave, Jacob. As long as I'm alive, you're not going anywhere. Well, then now you know why I want to kill you. And I will kill you, Jacob. Even if you do, somebody else will take my place. Well, then I'll kill them, too. Here. Something for you to pass the time. I'll see you around. Sooner than you think. All right, so moving along, we have some... Sooner than you think. Sooner than you think, which is, of course, you know, we're going to see him pretty soon here, I'm sure. All All right, so here's what Eric had to say. Hey, this is Eric Fisher, and this is for the Lost Podcast. I am going to go out on a limb. I have something kicking around in my head about a theory, and it's about how it all kind of falls down. I I think Jacob and the man in black are brothers. And I don't know that his name is Esau. I don't really care. I think they are the two remaining 
original inhabitants of the island. I think there used to be more, but they are the two that are left. Uh, I think that something happened when they were young that has to do with how they are now supernaturally empowered. Um, And I think the key to that is what the smoke monster actually is. Um, And I think that the blonde-haired boy that we saw on the island that the that that MIB in Locke's body was running around as uh, chasing him and, and said so you know do you see that and Sawyer saw it but Richard didn't that boy I believe was Jacob uh, so I feel that there is a personality of the man in black that is not the smoke monster but that they are somehow joined together as one entity somehow um, so yeah Take all that with a grain of salt, but I think most of what I just said is probably true, and uh, there's still some details to lock in place, but uh, I'm pretty sure I'm right. What's so funny, Stephanie? I'm pretty sure I'm right. I'm pretty sure that sounds like Stephanie to <laughs> that, me. That that no, I, Eric's the one who said it, not me. <laughs> um, well, I said it earlier, but that time I was right. Yeah, but to say that you're pretty sure you're right on a theory is—I mean, that's you know, he's, put, he's, he's putting it he's out putting there, it out there on the line. Um, no, what I was laughing at while I was listening to Eric was, you know, I will be doing the dishes. That's just something that I chose, um, and I'll think of a theory or I'll think of something that I want to see happen, and you know, um. I have lots of thoughts throughout the day. So all of my lost thoughts don't, you know, necessarily make it to the podcast. Right. But what I was laughing at was I'm thinking that come June, we're all going to be really bored and not have a whole, we're going to have like way too much time on our hands because lost is not going to be occupying our brains anymore. Yeah. Unless we're just completely baffled at what had happened for months after. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I mean there's just going to be millions and millions of bored people. Only sitting in front of our computers like zombies, not knowing what to do with ourselves. I don't know. I think there'll be some other shows that come that that bring this mystery element. I don't know. And and I hope that I hope that the dream team work together on it. Hmm. Damon Carlton. I, I know who JJ. you mean. I know who you mean. Yeah, I, I think that'd be awesome. by Michael. Exactly. Um yeah, I know who you mean, but I'm just I'm just thinking, like, what are we going to do when we can't think about Lost all the time? I'm sure we'll come up with something. Anyway. As long as we don't podcast about it, we'll be all right. <laughs> all right, so let's see here. Let's go to Joe in South Carolina. Hey, this is uh, Joe in Greenville, South Carolina, calling. First time ever, and uh, I was just thinking a little bit, uh, listening to your last episode and thinking about the bet between... Uh, Jacob and Smollett, and uh, I was kind of thinking how it kind of related to the uh, Trading Spaces movie, and how Duke Brothers had a bet going, something similar, and in the end, it was all over a dollar, so I was just kind of thinking it'd be kind of cool at the end of the bet that uh, Smokey would end up giving uh, Jacob a shiny new dollar. Thanks, that's all. Hey, just thank you very much, uh, Joe, for calling in for your very first uh, um, audio feedback. Now, I've not heard of, is it Trading Spaces? Is that what he said it is? 
but uh, I've not seen that, so I'm not sure what that what that would be. The shiny dollar, but uh, I'm glad that you called in, and I'm sure some other folks have heard that, heard that out there. Okay, yeah. I don't. Are you? What are you? You're over there what, reading the chat room, aren't you? No, I'm not. I'm making sure I'm in the right place on my notes. Okay. Because I know you went ahead, but I'm not to the place where you went ahead yet, and so I'm just trying to keep myself straight. Okay. But I will publicly apologize to Joe because I didn't hear a word he said. That's what I thought. It's like, <laughs> you didn't hear what he said. That's not true. I heard him say, hi, my name is Joe and I'm from Greenville, South Carolina. There you go. Well, Joe, thank you very much for calling in. And uh, there's yeah. just too much stuff over here to distract me. And uh, it wasn't the chat room this time. Yeah. And see, Amanda says trading places, the Eddie Murphy movie. And see, I'm not sure either. Um, so let's see here. Let, let me just go back one more time. Hey, this is a, uh Joe in Greenville, South Carolina, calling. First time ever. And uh, I was just thinking a little bit, uh, listening to your last episode and thinking about the bet between uh, Jacob and Smollett. And uh, I was kind of thinking how it kind of related to the uh, Trading Spaces movie. And He said Trading Spaces movie. Anyway, Stephanie will look that up and see what we can find out about it. Until then, let's go over to well, Daryl. I'll just apologize to Daryl because if I'm looking this up, I'm not hearing you. <laughs> That's all right. Daryl's got Daryl's got about four minutes here to occupy us, so you've all got right. plenty of time to look. Hey, okay. Stephanie and Cliff. This is Daryl from the Fringe Pod. Oh. And I wanted to throw in my thoughts about the candidates. I haven't heard a whole lot of conversation this season about who the possible candidate or candidates might be. And I'm talking about candidates, not just in that there are six of them, but I'm wondering what you think about the possibility that not only will Jacob have a replacement, but so will the man in black or smock as you have, I think, appropriately called him. I really like that nickname, by the way, Cliff. So here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that each of them will have a replacement. And my pick for smock's replacement right now would be Saeed, and mostly just because he seems to have the darkness, the, the creepiness, the evilness growing inside of him. He talked this last week about him not feeling anything, and I think in order for, to be the man in black and to kill people the way that he's done and just not even seem to care about it, I think that you have to reach that point of not feeling anything, and so that's why I think that he's probably the most probable candidate for that. Now, as far as Jacob goes, this one's interesting because I think when it comes to Jacob, if we are to to believe that he is the good guy, then that would lead us to believe that Jacob's replacement must be someone who has a strong moral compass, and I think of Hurley and possibly Jack. But Jack's problem is he's got to get over his emotional issues. He's so driven by the moment and by his emotions. We don't see that in Jacob. Jacob always has a plan. Jacob is very calm and reserved and in control of himself. And so I think that eliminates Jack. Even though it seems like we're moving in that direction where Jack seems to be the most important character, therefore he must be the one to take over Jacob's position. And so I'm not sure how to reconcile that because even if you think back when Vincent had his encounter with Christian uh, where Christian said, you know, go find my son. He's got work to do. I'm not sure if the work that he had to do was just in that moment to, to get to the beach and to help people out and to help get them off the island. I think it was more than that. And so that still is conflicting inside me. I think that Jack might have a deeper purpose still, especially when you think about what Jacob said to Hurley at the lighthouse that day where he was talking about, you know, some people you can just get into the back of a taxi with and other people 
you know, you kind of have to work at him a little differently. I don't remember his exact wording, but he was talking about the importance he has for Jack still. And so I don't know. But for me, I still think that Jack, he's got to get in control of his emotions before he could ever be or as, do as good of a job as, as we've seen Jacob do for so long. He's been able to keep the man in black at bay for hundreds of years. So I'm going to eliminate Jack, and I'm going to eliminate Hurley. Even though he has a great moral compass, I think that he is just too much of a softy. He's not sly enough. He's not clever enough. He's not witty enough. And I think those are important. And so my two top candidates are Sun, because we've seen her. She can be very sly, very cunning, as she was with her father last season. But I think the most likely candidate will be Sawyer. He is a cunning man. He is a very intelligent man. He knows how to think on his feet. And when we saw him with Juliet, he was a completely different person. And so if he can get back to that place where he can get rid of that bitterness and that hatred that drives him like it did when he was chasing down Anthony Cooper and like we saw with him shortly after Juliet died, if he can get truly beyond that to that place where he was at the, at the beginning of last season then I think Sawyer is our guy. So anyway, thanks for all the great work you do with the Weekly Lost Podcast. Stay lost. Hey, Daryl, thank you so much. And uh, I don't know, Steph, what do you think? Sawyer? He's at the top of the TV Guide poll. Is he really? He's at the top of the TV Guide. I shared that when I brought that... that, um, Yeah, the article? The article with me. um, Because even I was completely... In shock. That, yeah, because weren't we laughing about was, the teenage girl contingent or the yeah, whatever? Or so, yeah, something like that. But um, Daryl makes a good case for Sawyer. I don't know. Um, I still think that Hurley and Jack are at the top of my list. I'm going to get what he's saying about Jack and being, you know, not really thinking things through. But maybe they need a different kind of, you know, protector or whatever it is. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't. He really did make a, ca- a case for it. Hmm. I'll just say I don't like Sun as a, as a candidate be, or as the one to take over because I really want her with Jin. Right. And it would seem that the two won't be together. Maybe the two could be sh- one. Maybe the two could be one. Okay. Um, <laughs> maybe in their marriage, hopefully. But <laughs> um, so, yeah. All right. Moving along, we got a call from Ron, and this is what Ron had to say. Hey, Cliff, this is Ron Mansky calling you from Fort Collins, Colorado, a.k.a. member number 362 of Plus Membership. And I just wanted to call and say I was thrilled to sign up today for Plus Membership, and thank you for all the great content you put out. Uh, it just seemed like a great thing to do to support you and Stephanie in that. So just once again, thanks for all the great content you keep putting out. Keep doing it. And I look forward to hearing more. Thanks. Bye. All right, Ron, thank you so much. And uh, this is the part of the show where I just want (laughs) to... What? Nothing. Go ahead. Just say thank you uh, to Ron and all of our GSPN.TV Plus members. Uh, Stephanie and I have been doing this now for... (laughs) A long time. Well over four years. Yeah. Well over four years. And in the chat room, they're saying, why the twilight music? Why the twilight music? Why, why, why? Because Stephanie and I want to let you know that here at GSPN, sure, we are on our 243rd Lost podcast episode. 
But between the two of us, we've released more than 2,000 podcast episodes in, in just over four years. 2,000 podcast episodes. And one of those podcasts that we want to tell you about today is Stephanie. What is it? The Twilight Saga Fan Podcast. TwilightSagaPodcast.com. Is that what it is? Okay. Yep. TwilightSagaPodcast.com. It is the Twilight Saga Fan Podcast. Stephanie, what have we done so far there? Well, um, we have we have um, reviewed the books Twilight and New Moon and have started on um, the third book, Eclipse. We're working Cliff through it, kind of slow, but we're getting there. Well, and just to clear, just to clear up, Stephanie's read them all like many times. More, yeah, again, She's, more times than I care to admit in a public setting. But I am reading through them my, for the first time. Uh, we have given chapter by chapter reviews, and we've kind of grouped some chapters yeah, we together. Grouped some chapters together. Then there were parts of Twilight that there were a lot of chapters grouped together. Yeah, because um, I was reading ahead, and we yeah. yeah and, uh, also, we did reviews of the movies too. We got a, right. A review. You interrupted me, so I didn't. Oh, get I'm to sorry. Go ahead. But yeah, we re- we we reviewed the movies um, of Twilight and New Moon, and we gave an honest review of of, of both. Yep. Yeah, you know, if we're not biased in that in that area. Um, but it's a, I have a lot of fun doing it. Yes. I do. I have fun doing it too. I, I will tell you what, folks, if you think Twilight is just for little teenage girls and stuff like that, um, I, that's what I thought. I know. I thought it was super cheesy. I, I watched the movie uh, Twilight. Wasn't overly impressed. I thought it was interesting. You watched it because Megan begged you. You too. Yeah, my daughter begged me to watch it, and so I watched it. It wasn't horrible, but it wasn't the greatest movie. Uh, and then Stephanie got into the books, and she read them all like within like a day. I did not. <laughs> I know. It took me five. <laughs> exactly. And uh, then I will just say, though, that I started reading the books, and yeah. uh, I really enjoy them. You know, I'm coming up on my one-year Twilight anniversary. <laughs> right. Oh, it is. It's been about about a year since since... Twilight was introduced into my life. Well, anyway, we have a ton of other shows. If you just head over to gspn.tv slash shows, you can see a list of all the different shows that we've produced. Absolutely. All right, let's move on into some more content here from our listeners. And this is Amanda, Amanda. from Michigan. Hey, this is Amanda calling from Michigan. I'm calling for the weekly last podcast. I just wanted to call and weigh in on one of the conversations that Jacob and the men in black had about are people born good or are they born evil? And I, it's pretty clear, anyone who's ever watched the news, that the world's pretty evil, but this discussion has happened before in the history of thought. In the 5th century, there was St. Augustine who said that man was born evil, and that's pretty much what the church has accepted. But this guy called Pelagius came along and said, no, I think man is born pure, and he learns to be evil. And it was this whole huge debate that went on for a long time. They called a couple councils, and they declared Pelagius to be a heretic, and St. Augustine, of course, is known as St. Augustine. So through most of time, the Christian church has said that there is original sin, that people are born evil, and that's a very different take than Jacob has on things. So... I'm wondering if that was specifically referenced or is that just one of those wonderful parts of loss that just makes us think of something else. But I thought it was a really interesting conversation and 
I did not expect that to come up. So I'm just weighing in, just rambling here about it, so I'm going to stop now. All right, I'll talk to you later. I look forward to listening to the show. Bye. Amanda, I think it's something that you certainly threw in there just for us to have something to talk about. Mm-hmm. I, I really do. I believe, I and I believe it adds a little flavor and a little spice to the story that they're telling. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't think they're they're going for a theological statement. But uh, I, I, I really do. I, I love, I love Murphy's theory. I, I keep going back to it. And I'm just thinking, you know, if at the end, I, I think if I had to decide. You know, two different things. Is the island the beginning of all things or is it the Thomas theory? One or the other. (laughs) Just saying. (laughs) Hi, Cliff and Stephanie. This is Melanie again from Ohio. I'm calling for the Lost Podcast. I was wondering, I was talking about the Richard Appert and my heart hurt for him because he feels he wants to live forever because he feels like he's going to be struck for internal damnation um, because he was pretty much betrayed by um, a member of clergy, um, someone from his religion. And I'm wondering, you know, a Catholic priest, and I'm wondering if possibly, and this is kind of out there, but possibly we might have some sort of reconciliation. He could possibly uh, die, and before he dies, um, possibly Mr. Echo or Yemi could absolve him of his sins and let him know that he will be with his wife in heaven, uh, Isabella. And I, I just think that would be a beautiful um, end to his story, and hopefully we'll get to see something like that um, come to fruition. <laughs> Is that all possible? That's just my little theory, and I, I really enjoyed it, and I hope that you, I really enjoyed your podcast for this episode, and I can't wait to hear what you guys have to say on Saturday. Thanks. Bye. Melanie, thank you so much for calling in. Uh, you I'd know, say it'd have to be Yemi. Yeah. I mean, if I'm... Yeah, because Mr. Echo, Mr. I don't Echo think was he got, not repentant. That's why. That's why I don't the smoke think he monster was killed him. His right. He, he knocked him around the tree a little bit because he was completely <laughs> non-repentant. He said that if he had yeah, to do but it wasn't all over, that he'd obviously, do it exactly the that same. That was Smock, though, that did that. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yes. Well, I guess it wasn't Smock then. It might have been Smemmy. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. I said the smoke monster. Did I not? Um, it, anyway. <laughs> you got it. Uh, but too funny. That would be cool. It would be cool. To, I would love to see, you know, you know, the, in the finale, Richard has the ability to uh, forfeit his eternal life and die f- to save the others. And in the process, he gets some, uh, you know, consolation in his heart well, and, and knowledge that he has been absolved. And we've of seen his other sins. we've seen other characters offered redemption. Why would he be any different? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, why? Well, the, well, the thing is, is the question is, is you know, I I don't know. I I get I. In a way, I see, you know, Richard did, I mean, Richard did do things that he shouldn't have done. I mean, it, it wasn't just a complete accident. He went up and he grabbed the guy and forcefully manhandled the guy. And, and so. Yeah, but the dude tripped. I understand. I understand. But I'm just I saying. I mean, he didn't take his head and bash it into the table. He didn't do that. But. I would have. Yeah. But he didn't. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on. And see. What- I don't know. Maybe I just let you die in pain. There you go. All right. So let's see here. Uh, this is Matt Anderson. Hello, Cliff and Stephanie. This is Matt Anderson calling from Minnesota for the Weekly Lost Podcast. So I have a question for you guys. I know that uh, you've been talking on your show a lot about what is the name of the man in black. 
after seeing this last week's episode and seeing how they went out of their way to give a name to the man in black, do you guys think it's possible that they'll never tell us a definitive name and that he'll just always be known as the man in black, this mysterious evil figure? Uh, well, what do you guys think about that? Thanks a lot for a great podcast, guys. Looking forward to hearing from you. Bye-bye. Stephanie, what do you think? I'm thinking... The end of, of Lost oh without my goodness, knowing Matt, this guy's name. They have got to give him a name. Yeah. I would probably go insane for... Yeah. yeah. I just... I have to know. Yeah. I have to know. I have to tell this little story. This is why I have to know. As a woman, I'm very relational. All, all women in general are very relational, okay? Okay. There was a time when my... Let's see. I think Megan was seven because Matthew and Luke were five. And we, Sarah and I had went, Sarah's my best friend for those who don't know. Sarah and I had taken our kids to this, um, this fast food restaurant that had, had a play area inside. Like this was our, this was our sane time. We would take the kids there to play and then we would, you know, be able to sit down and chat and talk. All right. So Matthew and Luke start playing with this little boy right away. Never met him before, complete stranger, just start playing with him right away, okay? Megan comes over all pouty, and I'm like, well, honey, why won't you go play? She said, because that boy won't tell me what his name is. And that's how I feel right now. I'm like, I don't want to play with the show anymore because they won't tell me what his name I've is. Been pretty, I, I've been pretty vocal about my <laughs> my uh, disgust over the fact that they will not give us a name. Yeah. So uh, it, it's, it's pretty high on my expectation list. Right. And, and it seems silly. No, it, I don't but, think it's silly. I think the, they've gone. No, I said so, it seems silly. Oh, yeah. Maybe to some. But I think that they've gone so far out of the way to not give you a name that if they don't. Yeah. It it's just mean. Yeah. And Absolutely. cruel and unusual punishment. Yeah. I, I think that I, I my prediction is that they are definitely going to give us a name. And that name will either be Esau. Somebody we know. Will either be Esau or Aaron. Okay. His name will either be Esau or Aaron. Right. One of those two names. All right. All right. Moving along. Thank you, Matt, for your call. And we're moving on now to Wayne Henderson. Hey, Cliff and Stephanie. Wayne Henderson here in California calling in for the uh, Lost Podcast, the weekly Lost Podcast. I can hardly talk at this hour of the day, but I wanted to call in uh, because I know you're going to be discussing the uh, pretty awesome Richard Alpert episode, Ab Eterno. And I've seen a lot of people giving it, you know, perfect 10s and 11s and A++ and everything. And it was a really, really good episode, but there was just... To me, I thought it was an excellent episode. I gave it 8 out of 10. I just think that there was something missing. I, maybe it was that we didn't touch on Jack and uh, all of that any this week or the mirrors of the lighthouse or what have you. But uh, I still think it was an awesome episode, probably one of the top 15 lost episodes ever. Uh, it's really hard to get a perfect 10. I'm kind of jaded <laughs> but i do love lost and like someone once told me look even the worst episode of lost kind of like last week's uh, recon is still better than the best of any other tv show that's out there so lost is awesome back to your Lost podcast um doing a great job we'll talk to you guys later this is wayne out all right wayne thank you so much i have to agree i you know i was i felt like there was something missing i kind of shared that in the initial reaction mm-hmm. i i felt like there was something that wasn't quite right, but it, like a I, name, you know, like, yeah, I don't know about that, but, but uh, you know, 
I, I get I, I think I'm right on with you right around eight eight out eight, of ten yeah I think so uh it could have had a 10 but I don't know what they would have done to give it a 10 right hey Wayne fr- finally Wayne friended me on Facebook and Sweet. I finally went in and approved him there you go Wayne is now Stephanie's friend. Actually, my sister did it for me because my sister and I have been um, keeping track of of one of our brothers on Facebook. And so she's like, Stephanie, do you know you have like this whole thing of of people waiting to friend request? And I'm like, yes, I just I never get around to it. And she knows like many of you know that I don't use Facebook a lot. I get all my notifications through my email and but to actually sit down in front of Facebook is, is, you know, it's a chore for me. So she's reading them off. She's like, well, what about this person? And I'm like, oh, I don't know them. Leave it there. Well, what about this person? Oh, I don't know them. Leave it there. And she's like, well, what about this person? They're family. And I'm like, I know, there's a reason I haven't approved that one. <laughs> <laughs> and then she read off Wayne and I'm like, oh yeah, I've been meaning to go in and do that one. And so anyway, that is funny. She did it for me. There you go. Wayne, you beat out some family members. Oh, no. She approved the family member before I had the chance to object. Oh, no. And then she said, but they're family. I said, I know. That's why I was leaving it there. (laughs) All right. We got one more piece of audio feedback. This comes from our great friend, Jeff in Indy. And this is what Jeff had to say. Hey, guys. It's Jeff in Indy uh, working on the clips today. And when I was watching the episode last week, I was struck by one of the scenes that's very similar to one of my favorite stories, Stephen King's The Stand. And I know it's one of Darlton's as well. And they even referenced it in the latest podcast. So I thought I'd uh, play the two clips so you could hear them. All right, here's the clips. Coming up shortly. There. Of course, of course I'll come. I want to be free too. As luck would have it. I found these on one of the officers outside. I think they'll work. But before I try, I need to know that you will help me. Yes, 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 of course. You do anything I ask. Yes, yes, anything. I promise. Then we're agreed. All right. I never even introduced myself, did I? Pleased to meet you, Lloyd. Hope you guessed my name. Huh? Oh, nothing. Just a little classical reference. Actually, my name's Flag. Randall Flag. Before I open up this cell door and take you out for a couple of cheeseburgers and fries, I think we ought to have ourselves a little understanding. I'm going to make you my foreman, Lloyd. I'm going to slip the keys to the kingdom into your hand. I pick you. All I need is your word that we're going to stick together. No backstabbing, no falling asleep on the watch. Just you and me, Lloyd, win or lose, stand or fall. You give me your promise, I give you the key. The promise. There you go. Jeff, thank you very much. Uh, I have not read The Stand. Is that a movie? Did it turn it into a movie? Yes. Cool. Maybe we should get that movie sometime. No? Why? Stephen King? Yeah? yeah. You think it's creepy? Um, Stephen King? <laughs> All right. Fair uh, enough. <clears throat> Steph doesn't do creepy. Not I, that creepy. <laughs> have you ever watched the movie Christine? There's a reason I haven't watched that too. That's a good one. Is that the one about the car? Yes. Yep. I've seen parts of that one enough to know that I don't want to see the whole thing too funny. Well, Hey, for those of you who are, um, not a fan of spoilers, it is that time in our show where we go to Bonnie's uh, preview for next week. But before you cut out, I do want to say that, uh, I'm going to be playing the promo at the end of the show here, uh, for our lost party. And of course we want to invite you to please, please, please consider coming and being a part of this. Uh, in fact, 
You heard uh, Murphy here tonight earlier, and you heard Amanda call in. I know both Amanda and Murphy and uh, Murphy's uh, wife, Mary, are coming, and uh, several other people are coming to the party, and we hope that you will, too. Head over to gspn.tv slash lostparty. And uh, I'll tell you what, here is Bonnie's preview of what's coming up on Lost. Don't you want to know? This is Lost Away Bonnie with your preview of next week's episode. Lost Season 6, Episode 10 is called The Package and will air this Tuesday at 9 p.m. on ABC. ABC synopsis reads, Sun and Jin desperately continue their search for one another and Locke confronts his enemy. I thought that maybe this episode would be Claire-centric and the package might be baby Aaron, but now I think it is a Sun and Jin episode and the package is Mr. Pake's watch or something along those lines that Jin has in the flash sideways. As far as Locke, I guess his enemy would be Jacob, so I guess we'll see a confrontation. In this episode, we'll see Charles Widmore, probably on the sub or the island, Kimi and Omar, probably in the flash sideways, having something to do with Jin, and I'm guessing we'll see them at a time before Saeed killed them. And here's a surprise. We'll be seeing Mikhail Bakunin, the other who never seemed to die. We'll also get more from Zoe and Seamus, who we saw in episode 6-8, Recon, and who work for Charles Widmore. For more information on Lost Season 6, Episode 10, The Package, visit lost.about.com for my previews, and I have a ton of photos from this episode. This is Bonnie Koval for GSPN's Weekly Lost Podcast and lost.about.com. All right, Bonnie, thank you so much. And everybody, that is a wrap for this weekend review. Um, and of course we loved having all of your audio feedback. It was a huge blessing to have so much, uh, content coming in from the community. It really makes my life a lot easier on the weekends. And of course, uh, we want to invite you to go ahead and program our voicemail feedback hotline into your cell phones, uh, your contact list. It's 859-795-4067. Again, 859-795-4067. Of course, several of you actually recorded your audio feedback on your iPhone or other media player or recording device. You can always email audio files to feedback at gspn.tv. And uh, I guess, Stephanie, until next time, stay Stay lost. You've followed the story. Do you think we crashed on this place by coincidence? You've listened to the podcast. It's destiny. And now it must come to an end. You and me are getting the hell off this island. But not before Cliff and Stephanie throw a lost series finale party. Pack your bags. Make your reservations. We're going on vacation, baby. 5 p.m. Eastern, Sunday, May 23rd. The Lost Series Finale Party. We need to get to the safe house. The party will be at a secure facility, but you must RSVP to get in. Open this door! Don't miss the GSPN Lost Finale Party. It's your last chance. Well, thank God for second chances. Sign up today at gspn.tv slash lostparty.